when you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of From Hostage to Hero. Today we're talking about why you have to feel your failure. And we've talked a lot about failure on this podcast. You would think that I would just like love failure. It's like my favorite thing. And hell no, I hate failing. I hate failing probably more than any of y'all hate failing. I'm the biggest like, or I have been, I'm really working on it, beat myself up person ever. I do not like to fail. I love being perfect. (laughs) I am not perfect, but I love trying to be perfect. And I wouldn't even say that. I mean, because God, I do not love trying to be perfect. That creates all kinds of havoc in my life. The point is, is that I like when I am perfect, when things go right, I really like that. I don't like failing. But I also realize that failing is a huge part of this and embracing the failures and learning how to work with the failures and learn from the failures and so on and so forth. Just do so much for you as a trial attorney. I can really be the catalyst for your biggest moments of growth that I really want to talk about that because we need to talk about it. In fact, I think we should be sharing our failures more than our wins. It's so easy to go to CLEs and hear war story after war story. I would love for people, in fact, Rick Friedman did this where he just was like, here are the like top 10 failures of my life. And I just thought that was so brave and ballsy of him. You go, Rick. I loved that. So let's talk about, though, uh, it's not enough to fail. You heard that mm, three or four or five podcast episodes ago where I talked about stop wasting your mistakes. So yes, you have to look at the mistake and wonder what happened and really learn from it and deal with it and do stuff with it. But today I want to talk to you about the idea of really feeling your failure. And you're like, sorry, how much failure can you make me handle? Listen, let me tell you a story. Once upon a time. So once upon a time, I had trial attorney come out. And this is a trial attorney who I adore with all of my heart. And I've worked with many times. And he had a trial coming up. And so he decided to come out and spend several days with me working up his trial and that we were going to do a mock jury just for him on voir dire and on opening statement. And so he came out and he did his voir dire. And what we do in those cases, unlike our studio classes, in our studio classes, it's always one subject. So it's either a voir dire studio or an opening statement studio. So in our either studio, the, the attorneys come out one by one. The jurors fill out their form and we bring the attorney back out and we coach them and then boom, we're on to the next one. So you get your feedback immediately. When you come out and you work with me one-on-one, however, and you want to do voir dire and opening, by the way, the new format is you have to come out for a week if you want both. Uh, one or the other, we're going to deep dive on our three-day version of voir dire opening. But that said, put that aside, uh, what we do there is because you are doing both with the same jury, we have the jury fill out their feedback on your voir dire. Uh, because we don't want them to forget what they're going to say. But then we have them tuck them back under the chair and have you come right back out and do your opening. And then they fill out the second form and do all the verbal feedback at one time. 
So with this particular attorney, the verbal feedback, I'm sorry, the uh, voir dire went quite well and they filled out their form and then now we're into opening. And we had spent a lot of time in opening. In fact, with this particular attorney, uh, opening was what we had spent most of our time together with in the several times that we worked together. And so I, and I'm assuming the attorney was surprised when about halfway through his opening, something just started to go wrong. Now, I don't mean that he choked or that he totally forgot what he was going to say or that he started doing some weird dance or, you know, what, whatever. I, in fact, later when we looked at the video, it wasn't bad at all. In fact, it was quite a good opening, particularly compared to what of, of many of the things that I'm seeing out there these days. But in the moment, you could tell the room got a little tense. Things were not going as planned and the opening went downhill. In fact, so, so, so much so that when we went to go um, coach and I said, okay, it's time to come out. The attorney says, no, <laughs> of course he was joking and he did come out, but you could see that he was just not pleased. And when the jury left and after we'd done the whole thing, he was just like, I hated that. It was awful. It was terrible, basically. I mean, those aren't his words, but that's the space that he was in. Now, in that moment, whether we're talking about a trial attorney and his coach, which was me and this person, whether we're talking about you and your spouse or you and your child or you and a coworker, something very important needs to be marked here because what our tendency to do in those moments is to rush in. I've done it as a coach and make the person feel better by telling them all of the things that they A, know are not true, uh, and B, it's really for us because we hate the discomfort of seeing a person that we love and admire, or whatever the case may be, our child, suffering in any way. So we come in and we rush in, and this is so something that we learn, particularly as coaches in coaching school, um, that our tendency as humans, and we can't do this as coaches, is to want to fix, to want to go in, to want to tell the person everything's going to be okay, that they did a really great job, that there's nothing to worry about, that everything's going to turn out fine. And that, my friends, is most of the time the worst thing that you could do. For one, it just doesn't land. The person, if they're feeling bad about whatever it is that they just did, performed, handled, you're not going to, by giving lots of praise, turn them around. Even if what you're saying is correct. Like for example, with this attorney, I said, listen, when you see the video later, you're going to see that it's not as bad as you thought it was. Now I was correct. Later we watched the video and he was like, oh, yeah, this wasn't as bad as I thought it was. And so I knew that. And I knew this person well enough that I knew when he saw it, he would also agree. So even though I'm telling the truth, or even though let's say you heard someone perform some great, beautiful piece on the piano, and they made a couple mistakes, but you really enjoyed it, but they're just beating themselves up over the mistake. You telling them that, no, it's all good and fine and, and don't worry about it, it was wonderful, is not going to help. And you know, if you've ever been on the receiving end of that, that it doesn't help. Now, it also doesn't help for the person to be in shame and judgment and kicking themselves over and over again, which is exactly where I knew where this attorney was going to go, which is where we all go. So here's what I really want you to, to think about, both in your own uh training or development as a human, as a trial attorney, and also when you're dealing with others, is that oftentimes you just 
most of the time, if not all the time, you just need to feel it. You just need to feel it. How often do we try to eat it away, drink it away, sleep it away so that we don't have to feel? Damn it, as a society, we are just becoming excellent at not having to feel anything. That's become our new method of choice. I don't want to have to feel any discomfort. I don't want to have to feel anything bad. In fact, when I'm working with trial attorneys, you know, so often I tell them, listen, you picked a profession, better or worse, that fucking sucks a lot of the time. There is a lot of heartbreak here. This is hard work. It is something that's going to to really wreak havoc with your life and your soul. And I I would love to tell you that this gets easier, but I know attorneys and most of my clients have been practicing 20 or 30 years. They'll tell you it. I mean, it gets easier in terms of you get more used to it. You, you learn the ropes, but the job never gets easier. The job itself is always hard. The people are still injured, killed and maimed. Okay. That part never gets easier. Losing never gets easier. So if you're waiting for this to get easier, you're going to be waiting a damn long time. Instead, you need to get used to being in discomfort and feeling the feelings that you are experiencing in the moment. So when I said to my attorney and I said, where are you at right now? This is over our lunch break. And he says, I'm feeling like I did a shitty job or whatever his words were. I don't remember what they were. And so I said to him, then feel it. Just feel it. Be with it. And we ate lunch pretty much in silence because I knew that nothing I was going to say, even though I wanted to say it to, to help him because I adore him, was going to do anything. In fact, it was going to do the opposite. It would take him off the path he must stay on. To in order to learn. Because here's the thing. When you push your emotions away, when you refuse to look at them, when most of you, I've seen this over and over again, you go, okay, fine. No, it happened. It's bad. Just, let's just move on. Let's, what, what's the next skill? What, what are we doing next? I'll stop you. <laughs> you know I will. And say, uh-uh. We're not just going to shove this away. Because that's the only thing you got there. I mean, yeah, I got liquor in my place, but I don't want you to have it until we're done. <laughs> I mean, that's all you can do is just go, let's move on, right? That's that's your thing. That's how you guys operate. And what I'm saying is you are missing the opportunity because when you do that, when you shove it away, when you don't actually feel the emotion, a couple of things happened. One, it gets stuck, okay? It gets stuck in there. And it creates this kind of script, which is the second thing that just continually runs. So let's say that you tell yourself, I'm a terrible attorney. I'm awful. I screw that up. How can I screw it up? I've been here so many times. I've worked with sorry so many times. I can't believe I did this, right? If you don't sit with that and let it kind of bubble to the surface, just kind of like bubbles and boiling water that then evaporate into the air and go away, it'll become this kind of murky, nasty ass water that you just have to sit in that just becomes part of your tissue. I mean, I don't mean to be gross, but that's really what it is. When you keep shoving it down and shoving it down and shoving it down and refusing to feel your failure and feel your way into it and out of it, the only way is through, my friends. It gets stuck and you don't want to get stuck in that. Now, here's the good news is that no 
emotion. I don't care if it's grief. Randy McGinn just lost her beloved husband of 30 years a week and a half ago. I mean, I can barely even talk about it myself. I'm so distraught for her. And I can't imagine what she's going through and what her family's going through. And Randy, if you're listening to this ever in the future, I know you're not listening to it now. We love you and we're sending you all of our love. The grief that Randy feels over losing her beloved Charlie will dissipate. It will never go away. It will never leave her completely, but it will lessen because that is how our emotions, our bodies work. Our bodies are not made to sustain a huge emotion for a long period of time. We just can't do it. But here's the thing. You will put off the hard work of feeling your way through failure by either burying it so it like comes roaring up or so that it becomes part of this internal dialogue where you start cataloging all your failures and all your horribleness and that is not good either. You don't want it to come up like a horrible pimple at some major moment, nor do you want it to become part of who you are because it isn't who you are. Listen, as scary as it is to actually feel yourself and feel your way into the failure and into the emotion, it's much scarier and much harder to live with that shit. I can't tell you how many sessions I've done with trial attorneys who've called me after trials just to process through the trial. They just need to process through it and have a session with their coach because otherwise it just gets stuck. All that energy, good, bad, all of it. They just need to be with it with somebody and go through it and let it go through them so that they can move on to the next step. I mean, this is part of the reason why when you come to the studio classes, you look at your video. We force you to look at your video. Yeah, part a huge part of that, maybe 90% of that is so you can see what you're doing and learn from that and blah, blah, blah. But a, another part of it is so that you can be with it. You can see yourself making mistakes on video and breathe and laugh because we make it funny and learn and push through that. Most people would never even look at the video if I didn't force them to look through it with us in a group of safety, of course. It's part of that. Is I, I do that on purpose is so that you have to be with your stuff. So often you guys want to just do. You don't want to be You want to do, what do I do next? What's the next step? Come on, sorry, let's just move past this. And what I'm asking you to do, do, is to be. Be with it because that is the quickest way out of this. There's no other way out. You think not thinking about it means that it goes away. It doesn't. Until you deal with it, it will continue to bubble up. That's the part I really want you thinking about. Feel your way into the failure. That's the only way to get yourself through and to the other side, just like with that attorney that came out. Once I allowed him to just be with it and sit in it, and this is also true with your kids and your spouses, sometimes they just need you to be with them as they feel whatever the fuck they're feeling. They don't need you to fix it. Husbands, sorry, got a little personal there. They just need you to be there. And once you are there with them, That's all they needed and they can find their way to the other side. And that's exactly what happened with this attorney. We got to the point where he's like, all right, let's try this again. And boy, did he ever bring it in our session afterwards. And he left and he was like, I keep learning that you can turn things around. You can make it better. You can do it. And so can you. Don't 
waste your mistakes. And one way of wasting your mistakes is not allowing yourself to feel into the failure. All right, my peeps, that's what I got for you today. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. That's it for this episode of From Hostage to Hero. But head to our website, sorrydlm.com, for other must-have resources from Sorry Delamart. Read the transcript of this podcast, watch trial tip videos, or download your free copy of Sorry's article, Why Jurors Hate the Hobby Question. We're glad you joined us today. And until next time, remember that to lead a hostage to freedom, you must first free yourself.